The day before my very first day of teaching, I just happened to walk into the room of a first grade teacher. She had a cheery and colorful classroom that literally looked like it was straight out of some first grade teacher sitcom. And as she flitted around her perfect room, putting the finishing touches on things that already appeared to be completely finished, I stopped dead in my tracks in the doorway, took it all in, and I remember saying like breathlessly, oh my goodness, this is beautiful. Y'all, the desks were perfectly aligned, each one outfitted with cute little ladybug nameplates with every kid's written in per- name written in perfectly straight and upright letters. The chairs were pushed in neatly with the foot of each one wearing a tennis ball. I had no idea why. The curtains were bright red with white polka dots and tied with perfect little turquoise bows. The bulletin boards had matching ladybug and dotted borders with posters that said things like class rules and class jobs. And I remember this one, we are bugging out in first grade. Suddenly, I started to panic. Now, when I panic, goosebumps arise on the backs of my legs and they start to climb up to my behind. And I know that that's a lot of information, but you just need to understand the state of distress that I was feeling. I could already tell that I was going to need to make a mad dash for the bathroom in three minutes as my stomach started to roll. My art room slash trailer, because that's what I was teaching out of my first year, didn't look anything like this. I'd spent the majority of my days just kind of actively turning in circles, not knowing what to do. I think I sharpened the same set of pencils several times, and then I moved the pencil cups from the middle of the tables to the side of the tables, and then back to the middle again, because I had no idea what I was doing. And worse still, I had no idea what I should be doing. And after all of that time spent, the only thing that I'd managed to accomplish was this new unbecoming habit of biting my nails. And I remember saying to her, oh my gosh, your room looks so amazing. And then I just like blurted out to her because I had no one else to talk to. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I remember she laughed at me, that ah, kind of laugh of somebody who always knows what they're doing and They've always known what they're doing, and they've never met anybody quite as ill-equipped to teach children as me. You'll be fine, I remember she told me. As long as you have your rules posted and you go over them with the kids, you'll be just fine. And then she patted my arm, which I took as the signal that I needed to skedaddle so she could add more polka dots and ladybugs to her room. Rules? Y'all... I had not made any rules. It was the night before the first day of school, and I didn't even know where to begin with rules. I remember kind of tiptoeing past other classrooms and trying to poke my head inside to see what the other teachers had posted as their rules. And they had rules like, raise your hand and follow directions and keep your hands to yourself. And I was like, wait, what are they going to be doing exactly with their hands? Where are they going to be putting them? And I, you know, honestly didn't want to find out. 
So I decided I should probably just use those same rules. You guys, I didn't know what to expect. My first day in that portable with those kids was my first time to ever teach kids of that age. All of my student teaching experience had been with high school kids and middle school kids, and that had ended badly, like really badly. So I remember I ran to my portable, I grabbed some poster board, a box of crayons and some markers, and I stayed up until 3 a.m. working on Vincent Van Gogh's Art Room Rules. I still have those posters, you guys, and they are quite literally the ugliest and most frightening portrayals of Vincent, who appears to be manically screaming out the rules, which is pretty much how I felt the scariest posters you ever did see. I got to school that next morning really early because, I mean, I hadn't slept a wink. I went straight to the tiny little room where they kept the laminator because I noticed that teachers just laminated everything. I didn't know why, but I thought it was like something that you had to do. And I remember stapling my laminated posters to the wall of my portable, and then I just waited with sweaty palms and very weak and wobbly knees for my students to arrive. When I opened the door of my portable to my first class of the day, a group of 25-ish second graders, they looked at me and I looked at them. And we, we just stood there frozen, like when you, you see a deer out in the woods and you're not sure who should make the first move. Turns out it was them. They made the first move, and it wasn't pretty. Who are you? Where's the boy art teacher at? I like him. He's funny. At that, the classroom teacher kind of tilted her head, smiled at me very painfully, batted her eyes, and said, um, see you in an hour, before making a mad dash back to the school building. Uh, he's not here. I'm Miss Stevens. You guys should come in. And as I led the group in, they began to scatter like flies. That nice straight line that their teacher had gotten them into was like a, an illusion. They became this mass mess of kids everywhere, picking up paintbrushes, tipping over pencil cups, playing some game of tag. And I was thinking, what in the world? What just happened? They'd been so amazing outside. And I was tempted, you guys, for like a moment to go back outside, holler for the classroom teacher, and ask her to come back inside and do whatever she had done to get them into that straight line just one more time. But she was gone, y'all. She was long gone, and I was on my own for the next 59 minutes. The longest 59 minutes of my life. By some miracle, I managed to get those kids settled and in their seats long enough for me to cover my terrifying Vincent Van Gogh's art room rules. I'm sure a lot of them are now in therapy and they, they have terrifying flashbacks every time they see Starry Night. Going over those rules, it took me like 10 minutes. So looking at the clock, I realized I had a lot of time left and I needed to fill that void. So I foolishly thought it was a good idea to, quote, open the floor to some questions. 
think Oprah intentions, but with like Maury Povich or Jerry Springer results, it was then that the game of what if questions started. What if I have to go to the bathroom? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe we should hold it. What if my tooth falls out and I accidentally swallow it? Oh, well, I can tell you the tooth fairy is not going to want that. So you're just going to be out of luck. Yeah, that was not the correct response. There were some cries and some tissues that had to be handed out after that one. What if I need to sharpen my pencil? Uh, I don't know if I want them using my pencil sharpener. What if um, someone picks their nose and then they don't have a place to wipe it and so they wipe it on the table and then I put my artwork on it and then I have boogers on my artwork? Insert like 25 collective ews. Oh my gosh. What have I gotten myself into was all that ran through my head that entire hour, that entire first week and month. Of teaching. And you know what? To be honest, sometimes I still have that same very thought. What have I gotten myself into? It was at that point that I started to learn the difference between rules and routines. I didn't know that there was a specific name for routines, but I started to formulate the thought that rules couldn't possibly answer all of these what-if questions, but something else had to, and that's something else. Those are your routines. Think of it this way. Your art room rules are like the broad brushstrokes in the masterpiece, or masterpiece if you're talking about me, of your art room. They're the groundwork. They're the foundation. They establish the nature and the essence of the art room that you are trying to create for you and your students. Your routines, they're inspired by your rules, but they're the finer details, the little tiny brushstrokes, the dots and dabs of color that bring the vision of your art room to life. They say that the devil is in the details. That's what your routines are. Not the devil, the details. (laughs) And if you don't have enough of those routines and establish them firmly enough, then the devil is going to probably rear his ugly head. But routines are there to help you create an environment for your students to thrive, to grow, and to learn. And I think that sometimes routines get a bad rap. I think because we have to spend so much of the beginning of the school year, shoot, man, not even the beginning of the school year, all school year long, reviewing, reteaching, reintroducing your routines that sometimes it might feel to you as though they're a little bit too tight of a grip on you, on your students, or your art room. You know what? That's your call. The thing with coming up with rules and routines, it's all about you and your situation, your setup, your students, and yourself. So establishing and creating these rules and routines takes a whole lot of self-reflection. 
Your routines, which are inspired by your rules, they're the finer details, the little bitty brush strokes, the dots and dabs of color that bring the vision of your art room to life. They say that the devil is in the details, right? We've all heard that one. And that's exactly what your routines are. They're the details, not the devil. All those symptoms, if you don't establish them firmly enough, the devil just may indeed rear his ugly head. But establishing those routines are what's going to answer all of the what-if questions. And kids need the answers to those what-if questions. I know it sounds strange, but our students crave and need structure. A structured environment establishes a safe environment for our students. I know a lot of times I think that um, routines, they get a bad rap. Some people might think of them as micromanaging an art room or not allowing the students enough freedom. But I feel like Once your students understand your routines and they've been firmly established and they're taught and they're retaught and they're reinforced all year long, because let's be honest, you can never just teach something once. It's got to be taught over and again. Then there is some freedom within that structure and they're going to feel so safe in that space because you've established those routines. So for that reason, I think routines, procedures, whatever you want to call them, to be of utmost importance. And that's why when we're talking about classroom management, I feel like the classroom management chat has to start right here. Let me introduce you to a little something that I use that's an acronym called WELCOME. I have this manila folder that I've been using for the first week of school for the last 13 years. It Across the top, it says first day of school, and inside of that folder, there's only two little loose leaf sheets of paper that are all torn and tattered because I've used them year after year. I always clip them to my clipboard that says Miss Stevens emblazoned on the back. And it's mostly just a security blanket for me. I have what's on those two pieces of paper memorized. And it's what I'm going to share with you today. So it's a little acronym, like I shared, called WELCOME. And each letter of WELCOME helps me remember what I need to cover on that very first day of school. The W, it stands for welcome. So I'm going to be sharing what I do with you, but I want you to take it with a big old grain of salt because what works for me and my setup, my situation, and my students and for myself might not work for you. What I mean by that is, is that your setup may look different than mine. Currently, I now have my own classroom, but your setup may be you're on a cart pushing into classroom teacher's rooms. Your setup is maybe you teach in a portable like I used to, or perhaps you have the luxury of having your own classroom. So take what I'm sharing and think about if and how you can make it work for your setup. Perhaps you have a different situation than me. All of my classes are 30 minutes in length. 
You might have 45, you might have doubled classes, you might have hour-long classes. And you and I definitely have different students. I'm at a Title I school. I teach a, a beautiful community of diverse kids from all over the world. It's pretty stinking amazing. You may be in a similar situation. You may not. But what I know for certain is that you and I, we are different people, and that is a beautiful thing. So consider all of those things when I'm sharing with you. So the W stands for welcome because I like to welcome my students right away before they even cross the threshold into my art room. And I greet them like this. Hello, my most amazing artists. And on that very first day, standing out there in the hallway, I tell them, hey y'all, anytime I say, hello, my most amazing artist to you, I want you to respond with, hello, my most amazing art teacher. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but trust me, having 25 small humans call you an amazing art teacher is the best way to start your class. And then I say to them, how are you today? And I've taught them to respond, ready to create. Then we are ready to walk into my art room. And I greet them this way for a couple of reasons. Number one, to show how excited I am to see them. Number two, for them to feel excited to be coming into my art class. Three, I do it so that they know exactly what to expect in my room. We will be creating. And number four, it stops the chit-chat at the door. I don't have kids raising their hands telling me about their loose tooth or their grandma's uncle's cousin's birthday party or anything else that, look, I would love to hear all about, but did I mention I have 30-minute art classes? I ain't got time to hear about granny's uncle's cousin's birthday party, wedding cake slash, I don't know, bris. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I greet them at the door. But the main reason I greet them at the door that way is because I want them to understand that anything that's happened to them prior to coming to art class, they need to check it at the door. Maybe they had a bad experience in math. Perhaps they struggled in reading. Perhaps their team didn't win the game in PE. Let it go. We're getting ready to cross the threshold into a wild and wacky rainbow art room where we are ready to create. The number, or the number, listen to me, the letter E in welcome stands for entrance. I learned after that very first day in my room when those kids came in like a swarm of flies that you have to show kids everything. There has to be a routine for just about every single thing. Because number one, you cannot assume anything. And secondly, they just don't know. What might make sense to you doesn't make sense to a five-year-old. You have to show them. So for that reason, I have a line of tape that they follow when they walk into my room. It shows them exactly where to walk. They know to stay in the line as they enter. And then that line of tape dead ends on at the floor where I have additional lines of tape that create rows where my students take a seat. I show them on that very first day how to walk in, making an entrance, how to go all the way down to the end of the row on the floor, filling in each row first, 
how to sit, whether that be crisscross or side saddle, where to put their hands, and which direction to face, which is my glorious face. So that's the things that I go through when it comes to making an entrance. Once they're seated on the floor, and I will put this little side note in here, I don't have a carpet in my room for kids to sit on during instructional time. The reason I don't have a carpet is because I think that carpets, me personally, are like little sponges for germs. They're also really expensive and your budget might not allow it. So a long time ago, I got rid of fabric and fiber rugs. I have my kids sit on the floor. I've never once had a kid say they can't sit on the floor or complain about sitting on the floor. They just do it. In fact, they always call it the rug. God, come on, guys, let's go meet on the carpet. They say that all the time in my art room, which is hilarious because they have a carpet in their room, but they don't have one in mine and they don't even notice. The other reason I have them gather with me on the floor every single art class is because my first couple of years, I would have them, actually it was only my first year, I learned pretty quickly, I would have them listen to instructions from their tables with art supplies on their tables. Yeah, that's just a little bit of a distraction. If you remove those distractions and have them gather close with you on the floor, it'll really allow them to hear you better, see you better, and be more focused. Okay, moving on to the L. Let them know your expectations. As soon as my kids walk in the door and sit down on the floor, I go over my art class catchphrase with them. On the very first day of school, I introduce them to call and response. I use call and response all day long in my art room. And here's how I introduce call and response. Call and response, by the way, is when you have kids parrot or repeat after you. They say and do everything that you say and do. And here's how I introduce it. Artist, I'm going to clear my throat. It's going to sound like this. <clears throat> Whenever you hear me say this, <clears throat> you are going to say and do whatever I say and do. Can I get a okay? And they all say okay. And then I start with <clears throat> and they clear their throat. They know from that signal then on out, they are going to repeat after me. And it's at this point that I introduce them to my art class catch phrase. You might want to say it with me. I know it sounds cheesy, but just so you get a feel of how I do call and response in my art room. <clears throat> this is where you clear your throat. I make messes. I make mistakes. But deep inside, I got what it takes. I am an artist. That's the catchphrase that I say with my students at the beginning of every single art class. And what that does is it helps to let them know my expectations. I expect them to make messes. I expect them to mess up. But I also expect them to keep trying because I believe they have what it takes. From here, I then introduce my rules, which I will be covering in an additional podcast because I can already tell that this episode is getting a little lengthy. After introducing my roles quickly, I make sure to introduce myself to them and have the kids introduce themselves to me. I say this to them. Actually, I do this before the rules. So imagine in your mind if you can flip-flop what I just said. Scratch that, my bad. My name is Mrs. Stevens. <clears throat> and then at this point, I say my name 
in three wild and wacky ways, having them repeat after me. That way they understand how to say my name. And as I go down my roster, I will say their name. For example, I will say, hello, Brian, and they are to say, hello, Mrs. Stevens. And I want to give them a chance to chat with me for just a moment. Because in welcome, one of the words is going to be make them feel important, make them feel special. And that's a little bit of what I can do this very first art class. So when I say, hello, Brian, and he says hello to me, I have a little stack of cards that I've created that have weird, wild, and wacky questions on them. Things like, if you could paint your room any color, what would it be? What is your least favorite food? What's your favorite cartoon? Have you ever had Hawaiian pizza? Just little questions that can be quickly answered, giving each kid an opportunity to have one-on-one time with me. And then it's from there that I briefly cover the rules. All right, moving on to the letter C. Now, this one's a little tricky for me. I just said this and I'm sounding like my grandma Rosie. Now, this one is a little tricky for me because I have 30-minute art classes, but the C stands for create. I feel like it's vital for my students on their very first day of art class to be creating, and here's why. My kids come to me on the very first days of school looking like little zoned out zombies. They've done nothing but hear the rules of the cafeteria, the rules of the library, the rules of how to walk in the hall, the rules of how to use the restroom, rules, 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 rules. And they're tired of it. And so a lot of times when they walk into my room, the first thing they say is, are we going to make something today? Because they are so tired of not being able to be active and do something. So even though I do cover my rules, I do so briefly, I know I got the rest of the school year to continue to talk about them, but then I get them creating. The key or the little inside secret that they don't realize is this. When they are creating, I'm squeezing in a lot of routines. I'm showing them how to go, quote, shopping at the store, which is what I call gathering supplies, how to go gather their supplies. I teach them what they need to write on their papers, on the back of their papers, their names and teacher code. I show them to their seats, how to properly sit in their seat, and how to clean up after all of that. What they think is they're sitting there creating. What they don't know is, is I just squeezed in a whole bunch of routines. The whole thing is very Mary Poppins-esque. Just a spoonful of art making helps the art routines go down. In the most creative way. That was horrifying, and I apologize. O is for observe. Yes, so while... The species of the wild are in their natural habitat of creating. It's time for you to take a step back with your notepad and pen and make some notes and observe the artists in the wild. You got to do this, you guys. You've got to spend some time looking and seeing how kids are working in your room. Is it flowing the way that you've organized the supplies? Are they able to reach and gather everything they need? Are they getting along as a group? Are some kids helpful to each other? Are kids maybe not a good combination to be sitting with each other? 
Simply because you've established a seating assignment, if you do, at the beginning doesn't mean that it's set in stone. Use this time to really observe your kids working. And of course, make them feel special. As they're working, go around, talk to them, hug on them, compliment them, ask them how their brother's doing, their sister's doing. Talk about that loose tooth. Have that moment with them, just like you did on the floor. The key, the key to classroom management is establishing relationships and doing that on the very first day is vital. And last but not least, making an exit. Okay, so I'm going to be really honest with you. There are some days, there, there's almost every day, <laughs> where I'm literally like, okay, y'all, we're late. Throw away, put all those supplies. Don't throw away anything. Put away your supplies. Get yourself on the drying rack. Never mind. Just leave it on the table. We'll have the next class pick it up. Get out of my room. It is time to go. That is not the way you want to end your art class in that rushed, in that panicked, in that frustrated kind of feeling. You want your students' final thoughts with you to be happy, to be one of joy. And it's tricky. Trust me, I know. But the best way to do that is to establish a firm routine for exit just like you did for your entrance. On my good days, my exit strategy, I'll go more into it when I talk to you about cleanup, but it mostly entails my students lining back up again on that line. And as they walk out my door, I sign with my hands, my thumb extended, my pointer finger extended, and my pinky, the sign, I love you. And as they exit, they are to hold up an I love you if they want to, to me, and I'll do the same to them. And it's just one little way for me to let them know that I love them, that I care about them, and I want that to be their final thought as they exit my art room. Every time I do a podcast episode, I promise myself I'm not going to talk too much. And then here we are, millions of minutes later, me just jibber-jabbering like there's no tomorrow. Look, guys, having the most pretty and perfect and ladybug and polka-dotted room, it's nice, but it's just all icing on the cake. You, you right there, I'm talking to you could be teaching in a blank, boring room. And it wouldn't even matter because your kids have you. They're relying on you. So introduce those rules with a heavy dose of routines. Get those firmly anchored and firmly established because that is what's going to make it so that you and your students have an amazing school year. So think it through. Think about what welcome can look like in your situation, for your setup, and for your students, but most importantly, for yourself. And I'll talk to y'all real soon.